The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and Southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Today's show is sponsored by Baker Hughes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Permian Perspective. It is such a pleasure to spend this time with you. I thank you for choosing Permian Perspective. I'm sitting here this afternoon in Midland, Texas with Peter Walper, and he is the president of Thermal Cam USA. Peter, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Krista? Fantastic. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. We appreciate it and can't wait to hear your story. It's going to be great. Good. You bet. Before we get started, I do want to thank everyone who has left us a five-star review. We appreciate you taking that time to leave those reviews on iTunes. And I also want to say thank you to Apple for choosing Permian Perspective to be on their new and noteworthy list. And if you, you know, want to drop a line, go give a good review. I'd appreciate it. And we'll read it on a future broadcast, just like this fantastic review from Lil Daddy JBB. Lil Daddy said, great podcast by great people. Krista and Nal are great people and have really hit a home run with this podcast. Nothing better than hearing from local leaders on what it takes to be successful in the greatest industry in the world. Thank you so much, Lil Daddy JBB for that wonderful review. And thanks for shouting out my husband, who I agree is a great person and he makes this all happen. So I really thank you for sharing that and for thanking him as well. All right, Peter, how did you get started in the oil and gas industry? Ah, well, that's kind of a long story, but uh, we started in the drone side of the oil and gas industry. My background is thermography. I'm a thermographer and I did a lot of commercial roofs by hand where we drag a ladder up to the top of a commercial roof and spend all night out there shooting thermals to get water intrusion damage. And three or four years ago, I hired a young guy, probably 20, 23 years old, who flew some drones. And about that time, FLIR had put a thermal camera on a drone and we decided that we'd learn how to shoot roofs, commercial roofs, using a drone instead of Peter going up there with a ladder. Yes. Smart move. (laughs) It it was certainly a smart move. Yes, sir. A lot safer, a lot more efficient. A lot more efficient. That's exactly right. So you started that way, but you also have really grown the company over the past few years. I was looking at your website and you do wind and solar, oil and gas. You also, you capture data to explain some of these and how this can help an oil and gas company. Well, we we were fortunate enough to go to Puerto Rico to shoot roofs commercially in Puerto Rico after the hurricane. And while we were there, we shot solar panels and wind turbines. And the people we met down there said, you need to start shooting our wind turbines and panels in West Texas. So we did that. And we started mapping turbine blades for hail damage or storm damage. We started doing the same thing with panels. And then out of the blue... Somebody came along and said, can you do right-of-ways? Can you map a right-of-way? And can you find methane leaks in a pipeline? Wow. And so we started flying pipelines, looking for underground pipeline leaks, uh, methane leaks. And that's kind of what started us in the oil field. And now we're going gangbusters. I bet. I bet it's a busy time for you. It is a busy time, yeah. So when a customer calls you, you know, what is the usual call sound like? Like, hey, can you help me with this? What, what does it look on your end? 
it, it usually starts out here. Can you be here tomorrow? <laughs> uh, and that's life in West Texas, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that, that's pretty much it. So we've tried to build our company where we could say, sure, we'll be there tomorrow, which means we've kind of moved out onto the leading edge of drones and camera systems. And when you call, we try and get a more detailed scope of work. And most of the oil people kind of know what they want, but they're not sure what the drone and the drone camera system can do for them. And so we spend a lot of time saying, if you're doing this on the ground, we can do the same thing in the air and we can do it faster. And like you said, we can do it safer and more economical. So what's the number one question? You said, you, you know, they're not quite sure what you can do. What's the number one question they usually ask you? Oh, that's a, it, it depends on what we're flying. They're, they're asking usually how far can you fly? How fast can you fly? How high do you fly? And all of those answers are, are relative to what actual work we're going to do for them. What are the biggest obstacles of flying your drones in the oil field? You know, I think the biggest obstacle, and it's not really an obstacle because we're really sensitive to it, is security and compliance. We're mandated by the FAA. So when we fly, we're, we're just like a, a private pilot, if you will. We're sensitive to the fact that we're in a, an airspace that's a commercial or private airspace. And so we try and monitor traffic while we're up there. We have to do everything by the FAA code books. And at the same time, we're sensitive to our clients' security side of things. We try to be nondescriptive when we're flying. Uh, who are you flying for? Well, we don't give out our client list. And what are you doing for them? Well, we don't say what we're doing for them because I think that's sensitive information. And I think it's proprietary information. And it's on a need-to-know basis. So we try to keep that in perspective. Right. So security is important to you. Security is real important to us. And and you, I know you mentioned safety as well. So all of your pilots, I'm sure, have to go through, stre- you know, a lot of training to do what they do and have to have a license, correct? Right. We're, of course, oil field compliant. So mm-hmm. we've gone through the safe land in the pack and things like that, mm-hmm. H2S training, so we can be out in the oil field. But also the guys need to be FAA certified so that they can fly a drone. And they do a lot of flying, just just flying to get hours underneath their belt. And on top of that, they need to know the camera systems that we're flying and how they operate And they need to know what kind of data we're providing to the client so that the data that they get on the cameras is usable data for the client. And and that's tough sometimes Mm -hmm. because anybody can fly a drone. Well, a lot of people can fly drones. But But to do it right. (laughs) Yeah, to do it right. It's it's more than just putting a drone up in the air and taking a bunch of pictures. Right. And that's what I, I find it so fascinating. Just, I mean, like I'm sure a lot of people do, they find drones fascinating. It's like, because they can get anywhere and look at anything. What has been the biggest benefit to your clients that they have seen? And we'll focus on oil field. Of course, you do other things as well, commercially, you were saying. But for an oil and gas company, what is the biggest benefit? I think there's a couple benefits. We work closely with software companies, and the software companies may be doing facility mapping where a client could do inventory control or uh, equipment integrity, so that's a big deal. Uh, Of course, we fly with methane drones so that we can say, if you're looking for quad O or need some support on your quad O reporting, we can help you with that. If they're doing a mapping where they want to do an augmented virtual reality program, we work with a software company out of San Francisco that does that. 
And that is some pretty slick stuff. The, the software companies that are out there are light years ahead of everybody. It really is amazing, the technology and how far it's come. And, it's a big tech company. And to see what you can do. I mean, it really can benefit a, an oil and gas company or any company for that matter. But really, oil and gas. You get to see West Texas from a different perspective than most of us. You get to see it through the lens of your drone. What do you think is the most beautiful part of West Texas? Oh, I think just being outside is the beautiful part of Texas because we, we get it all from the occasional wind and rainstorm to some beautiful sunsets and sunrises. When We start to fly about a half an hour before sunrise, so we get to see those, and we stop about a half an hour after sunrise or sunset, so we get to see that. So for me, just being out in West Texas is a great place to be, great place to be. Wonderful. We have listeners from all over the world, and they may have not heard of your company before. And that's our goal. We want everyone to know what you do at Thermal Cam USA. What would you want, you know, anyone that is in the oil and gas industry to know how you can help their company? The number one thing? Well, I think that's a good question, because most of the, the midstreams or upstreams, downstreams that we're talking to, that's one of the first questions they ask is, what can your drone company do for us? And it will usually come back just about anything. And it's kind of funny because they will start working up a list and it will end up to being 10 or 15 projects long. And like I say, it may be a start out as, can you fly this pipeline and find methane leakage to can you fly this three sections of land and tell us what the elevation is and where we should put our location and how we should put the roads into those locations. And then, then we get the strange requests, like going to Puerto Rico. We had one the other day that if you could get to Europe, could you fly some wind turbines for us? Wow. And of course, all my guys said, let's go. <laughs> but, you know, we've got some stuff here. But that would be a fun project to go to Europe and, and fly up there. Absolutely. Do you have a dream project? I don't have a dream project. One of the, the neat projects I think we're going to do is we're going to fly the, the largest and tallest wind turbine in the United States that's put out by a company, and we'll fly it out of Canyon. It's currently in Canyon, and so that would be a project that I would really like to do. That is so cool. Yeah. That, that would be, I mean, and it's I don't a, know how, I don't know how big, big the biggest tower. is. It's a big tower. But So how, how big is the average one? Because when you drive by a wind turbine, you're like... That's really big, and you feel really small. What is the exact height of that? You know, that's a good question, because it depends on the tower and what kind of megawatt outage they're putting out. But you're probably looking anywhere from 200 to 400 feet. You know, maybe as high as if you add the, wing or add the arms in, it's going to be taller than that. That's amazing. And what's the highest that, say, your drone can fly? We're legally mandated to be within 400 feet of the, t the top of the structure. But you can go as high as you want? Not without FAA permission. Okay. Yeah. So we have to stay within 400 feet of that, the top of that project. Wonderful. And how many years has your business been open? Uh, we started in 07. Okay. And we pushed, last three years, we were, were heavy drone. Heavy drone. Yeah. So what have, in, in, in that time, you've seen some highs and lows of the oil and gas business, I'm sure. What have you learned the most through that, through the highs and lows of, uh, say, oil prices fluctuating? Well, you know, that's kind of funny because we were, we were sitting in the office, the guys and I were sitting in the office, and we had just transitioned. We used to work out of pickups, uh, F-150, Super Cruise, and we thought that's state-of-the-art. And now we're working out of vans because the whole technology system is big-screen TVs and being able to see what's in the air and what the drone is seeing in a more controlled environment. So over the last couple of years... 
three, four years ago when we first started knocking on doors, nobody would talk to us because they didn't really know what we were doing and, and how we were doing it. Right, how you could benefit them. Right, and, and, and in the last year or so, people are starting to knock on our doors and, and like I say, can you be here in the morning? Right. And so that's been the exciting part is being able to stay ahead of everybody. We started flying tower lines a couple of years ago with just a thermal camera and a digital camera. And now that drone has progressed where we fly it with a corona camera. And, and now we're getting into some pretty exciting stuff. When As the cameras change and as the drones change and as the industry changes and people recognize the benefits of what we do and how we can do it, then that technology keeps changing. Even the software people come back to us every week and say, let me show you what we can do now. And that's the fun. That's the fun part of my job. I bet, and I know you've seen so much change over the past ten or plus years. Where do you see the next wave of of technology going? Is there a, a hint of what's next out there? Yeah, I think we'll start to see it go nationwide, and I think it'll be, I think it'll be bigger and better and faster. And I, I really think we'll start to see more even internationally where. You know, I hope we get the opportunity to fly internationally, and if we get big enough to do that, that'd be great. But I think the technology in the oil field industry is is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. We flew a drilling rig the other day, and I st- when I first came to Texas in 1980 and black-lit pipe on top of an oil rig, that was so archaic to what these guys are doing 30 years later, 40 years later. The technology is just incredible out there. And and it's coming from people internationally where we're visiting with people from Denmark and Europe and Belgium and, and Japan and China. There's a whole lot of smart minds out there that are developing this oil industry. Absolutely. So you came out here in the 80s. What was it that brought you here in, in the first place? Was there a, jo- a job? Did you hear about that oil and gas place out there in West Texas? <laughs> it was two guys on an adventure. <laughs> two guys on an adventure. Exactly. Awesome. And then you started off then, like you said, like working from the bottom up, really. How did your path go after that? I mean, I know, you know, we all we all have this way of getting here to West Texas. When you first got here, what'd you think? You know, the funny story about that, I came with a friend of mine, uh, Danny, and uh, Dan- Danny had been to West Texas before and worked in the oil field as a teenager. Okay. And he kept telling me as we were driving from Tennessee and Arkansas to Dallas or Houston, Dallas, and then towards Midland, and we were ultimately going to end up in Wicket, Texas. And he kept telling me that it's not going to be that bad. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And the surprising part about that, the closer we got to Wicket, the more I liked it. And I just had a great time when we actually got here and we started a little construction company in Wicket, Texas, and we hauled caliche and smoothed it out with a case uh, 310 and kept going and kept going. So it was great. Absolutely that. great. That's awesome. And it's so true. When you, when you come out here, at first, there's that little bit of shock, of, you know, because it is pretty flat and a lot of pump jacks. But, you know, the beauty is some say the beauty of oil is underground, but I think it's above ground, too. The people here are just amazing. Yeah, I haven't left. Yeah. <laughs> so it's got to say something. Maybe maybe some people are saying, I wish he'd leave. But no. <laughs> at the same time, I'm still here. And and I think once it gets in your blood, you just can't, you know, right. so, and, and it's changing. 
Right. The the industry's changing. The people are changing. More people are coming here from all over the world. The, those darn Canadians keep coming south, and, and I'm one of them, so there you go. You know, it's, uh, it's becoming a, a, a multinational environment. Fantastic. Now, where do you see the, the next 12 months activity? What's, I, I would say, what's the word on the street, but what's the buzz in the air? Because that's talking your language. I, I think there's a lot of environmental stuff that's coming up. I think, or I hope, we'll be flying a lot of right-of-ways, looking for maybe routing of pipelines on a more environmentally sensitive route or, or program. I think we'll be, or I hope we'll be flying uh, right away is looking for refurb and revegetation after that pipeline gets in. I know we'll probably doing be doing a lot more methane detection on pipelines or, or even facilities. I think with Quado and some of the regulations that are out there, most of the midstreams are saying, is there an easier way where we can comply faster and without a lot of headaches? Mm. And we kind of fit that niche where we can provide that safety factor and we can provide that economy of scale. Wonderful. What do you think is the most important business tool that has helped you achieve the success that you've achieved in your company? I don't know whether it's a business tool, but I, I, I'm surrounded by some really smart people. I'm licensed to fly a drone, but for some reason, my guys won't let me fly the drone. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and you've got people out there now that are maybe ex-military, and we've got a few of those guys. Maybe they're just really good Xbox, big fat thumb kids. But the talent of some of the younger generation out there is just incredible. We've got some smart people, and we tend to attract smart people, and I lean heavily on them. I like that. Surround yourself with smart people. Hey, that's, that's a good for me. Tool. That's a good I'm a, tool. I'm a yellow tablet kind of guy, so you know, when you walk up with a computer, it's over my head. But the guys that we have and the, and the girls that we have helping us out, they're, they're really great. That's fantastic, because it does. It takes a great team. It does take a great team. What What is your best way of motivating your team? Because I know it's it's always important to keep your you know your employees and your team members motivated. Do you have a way to do that that you feel has worked? Well, I think the way we motivate is you've kind of hit the nail on the head. We're team. Mm -hmm. And so every decision has team input. And I rely on the guys because... If they're flying, they know the headaches in the field. They know what's, what's going to be a challenge for the drone. They know what's going to be a challenge for the, the camera system. They know what's going to be a challenge for the software. And so their input is valuable to us as a team. Mm -hmm. I may have the last say, but for everything, even from a new hire, we all get together and vote on whether he would fit or she would fit into the team. And, and so far it's worked. That's so great. that seems to get everybody involved where they say, it's not just my company, it's our company, and they're willing to go the extra mile for the client. And, and that's a nice part, you know. Absolutely. We like that. So. Oh, that's a, that's a wonderful way to do it. I've never thought about voting and going, hey, what, do you, is it everyone yeah, else, you, what does everyone else think? One guy, one vote. <laughs> what about a book? Do you have a favorite book that you would suggest that has kind of helped you with your journey? Oh, I do, but it hasn't really helped me with this journey. It's uh, Reminiscence of a Stock Trader. It's an old, old book that was, I think, written in 1923. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've read a lot of the self-help books and the motivational books and stuff like that. So I, I think... That's your favorite, though. Yeah, that's my favorite. I like that book. Nice. What about a quote? Do you have a quote that you live by that... Man, I, I'll, I'll tell you the quote that I... That, I'm told to live by. <laughs> My mother is 97 years old. Wow. 
and still going full blast. And her quote to me is Joshua 1.9. And so that's what we stick with is Joshua 1.9. Fantastic, and and I love that. She, I want to I want to interview her now and say, hey, how, oh, she's a pistol. What's the key she to ninety-seven years? She's a pistol here, and how lucky you are to have her with you still. That's yeah. fantastic. She's great. Yeah, I'd love to meet her someday. Let's talk a little bit about an important lesson you've learned in life, because I think as a business owner, we always we we definitely learn. We definitely make mistakes. We definitely go, oh, that didn't work. Let's see. Let's try it a different way. Do you have a most a lesson that has really stuck out in your head that you've learned from? Well, I got hurt once and I didn't think I was going to get up and get going again. Mm. And I think we all learn from failure. And you can look at it two ways, as failure or as just a learning curve to success. And sometimes the decision of which way you go there is difficult. And sometimes it takes you a little time to figure out which way you go. But failure is not really failure. Failure is just success waiting to happen. Mm. And I've always looked at it that way. Right. What is that? There's that quote, uh, a setback is just, you know, really getting you ready for your comeback. And so that, that's right. I think that's true. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad you came back. I'm glad that you got back up again. Yeah. And your company is doing fantastic. We want to let everybody know a little bit more about it. So is there one thing that coming into this interview, you're like, okay, Krista's going to interview me for this podcast. I hope I get this across to the listeners. But maybe we haven't asked you that. Is that is there one thing that, that you'd like to share with us? Well, I'd love it if they'd call me. <laughs> I love an honest answer. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, the more work, the merrier. We'd certainly right. like to double the number of crews. But right. I think if people just know you're there, then uh, business will take care of itself. Well, let's let them know how they can find you on social media and call you. <laughs> there you go. So you're on LinkedIn? We're on LinkedIn under uh, ThermalCam USA or me personally. We're on Facebook, me personally, or ThermalCam USA. So they can find us there, or they can find us on our website, ThermalCamUSA.com. So pretty easy. There you go. I think it's wonderful to share this because we haven't spoke to anyone in the, the drone industry and how they're benefiting oil and gas. There's so many facets to oil, the oil and gas industry. And it's wonderful to hear a story of a, of a part of it and how you can really help your company by getting that drone work done. And I love what you said about pipelines, too. That's a that's a huge industry right now. And it so is a big industry, right? I, I think that's a great, you know, that that could definitely benefit anyone that is in the pipeline industry right now. So give Peter a call. <laughs> he, he would love to help you out. Peter Walper, and he's with ThermalCam USA. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us. I appreciate it. I know it goes by fast, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's like, so what? Were, that's what you said. It'd be gone in a minute. I told it you it was fast, but we really appreciate you sharing your story. We wish you much success in the future. And if anyone's looking for any drone work, give him a call and he's uh, ready for you tomorrow. He can be there, right? There you go. Okay. Peter, thank you so much. Thank we you, appreciate Christian. you. It's time now to announce our community MVP. And this week's MVP is the Midland Chamber of Commerce. They recently held their 2019 annual meeting. The community enjoyed an evening of dinner, drinks and dancing, local businesses and community leaders had a chance to reflect on the chamber's accomplishments, honor all of the amazing volunteers and share goals for the future. This sold out event was the very first event to be held in the new $43 million Barbara and George H.W. Bush Convention Center, which is absolutely incredible. When you come to town, you need to go see it. It is beautiful. So congratulations to this week's community MVP, Midland Chamber of Commerce. And if you're a local business, 
go join the chamber. They're a fantastic organization. All right, another special thank you to Baker Hughes for sponsoring Permian Perspective. And thank you so much for sharing this time with you. As always, I appreciate you choosing Permian Perspective, whether you're driving to work or you're listening on your morning walk, wherever you're at, thank you for being here. And I'd love to hear from you. If there's a guest you would love to hear from, just send me an email or contact us and we will definitely get that guest on the show for you. Once again, this concludes this episode of Permian Perspective, the story behind the oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. Remember my motto, dream big and believe in yourself. You make it a great day. Hey guys, we have a couple of OGGN events on deck for the next month. OGGN's next Houston happy hour will be on October 29th at the Cannon for four to six. As always, a portion of the proceeds will go toward Redeem Ministries to fight human sex trafficking. At this happy hour, we'll be discussing the process of taking a startup from simply an idea to obtaining the first purchase orders. The panel discussion will include Saudi Aramco Ventures, Shell Ventures, NOV, SCF Ventures, Eternal Energy, and Well Diver. Our next Denver happy hour will be on November 6th. Come join us for food, drinks, and a live podcast that we will announce at a later date. A portion of this event's proceeds will go to local charities Safe House Denver and Oil Field Helping Hands. Okay, now to the events on deck. The Tomorrow Leste Oil and Gas Summit 2019 will be on October 3rd through 4th in Dilly, Tomorrow Leste. The SMRP third quarter West Houston chapter meeting is on October 3rd at 11:30 in Houston. This event will cover the topic: Are your PMs preventing or causing failures? IPAA and TIPRO are hosting their Leaders in Industry Luncheon on October 9th in Houston. On October 14th, the Canon will be having a Disruptive Energy Workshop. The API Golf Tournament will be held on October 14th, 2019 at Kingwood Country Club. And as of right now, there are some spots still open, so be sure to check their website and register your team. The 2019 Operations and Process Technology Summit will be on October 14th through 16th in San Antonio. The summit will cover maximizing your molecular advantage, practical solutions for today, forethought for tomorrow. On October 24th, OGGN's very own Mark LaCour will be speaking at Tech to Market in Shreveport, Louisiana. The Balkans Petroleum Conference will be held on October 24th through 25th in Budva, Montenegro. The summit is the official event for the Balkans oil and gas industries. Lastly, the George H. Bush Conference this year will be on October 28th through 29th in Houston. Honoring President George H. W. Bush, the Bush-China Conference brings together Americans and Chinese to discuss critical bilateral, regional, and global issues and to generate innovative recommendations for advancing the relationship. Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.